Welcome to another episode of the Queer to Queer cast. I am Colin, your host, on a squeaky chair. I don't know if you picked up on that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be as erect as I possibly can be. And nope, that is not a sexual joke or an entendre. I just want to make sure that you are not hearing squeaks amidst uh, this very talented performer's voice, uh, which you are about to hear. I'm so excited about this particular episode because. Uh, we are here to celebrate who I believe is one of the finest actors to come out of DFW. I loved their work in a show called Fly Babies and then saw them in, I believe, The Trial. Maybe that's the wrong show. It's seen a lot in local Texas theater, but this person has expanded their horizons and uh, flown north uh, to New York and is now uh, working at, or excuse me, studying at Brooklyn College um, in the MFA acting program. And I want to hear all about that, but I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to our guest. Uh, please feel free to introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, y'all. My name is Jake Blakeman. Best way to remember it is Jake Blakeman. I say that to every single audition I do and my entire cohort and everybody who knows me will roll their eyes continuously. Um, I do that all the time. It is so good to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. I did I get it correct? Was it the trial? It was the it was not Water Tower. It was maybe not Allen either. <laughs> Can't think of who the theater was. <laughs> I if I think it, it was it the few? It was oh it was, it was a maybe not a the trial, but there was some core aspect of it. Am I having a fever dream? You were you were. I feel like you were on stage. Yeah, I did. I did witness for the prosecution. That's it. That's what it was. Agatha Christie is rolling in her grave right now. <laughs> oh, not yeah, witness, what I was thinking. The trial the is. You yeah. know what it was? I think it's your Anthony Perkinsness because you have oh. a Perkins quality, and the trial is a movie where Anthony Perkins was the main star. So I guess I'm. I'm mixing that up and I always wanted to, and I still, I still am going to, you, you flew to New York before I could write something that I could cast you in. But at some point I am going to um, create a role that Anthony Perkins could have played and you are going to play it. It's going to happen. Is so it going to be me yourself. as Anthony Perkins playing the role or, okay, just. No, just it's going to be, I'm, I'm in other words, I'm going to just in my mind, I'm going to, I'm going to Hitchcock my way back to, you know, when he was making films and I'm going to be like, you know what, Anthony, wherever you are, you're going to be proud of this work. You're going to be proud of this character and Jake's going to kill it. Maybe, Ooh, maybe literally, you. you know, depending oh, on. Oh, I hope, I hope not. <laughs> well, okay. Maybe. So that brings me to a, a quick question that has nothing to do with what we're here to. Um, Great. I love those. <laughs> did talk about, um, is there, would you be not, okay with playing a murderer or somebody who was like a devious diabolical force oh my goodness i have got to tell you in my acting program it's all about like i'll go into that but it's all about like confronting our habits and like finding out other opportunities or other options for us and i have been playing nothing but despicable assholes <laughs> all, all, all year long like honestly it is I don't want to say it's my bread and butter, but it has been, I've been consistently cast as these, as these characters and doing scene work from, uh, what is the, uh, all my, not, uh, death of a salesman. I'm playing happy. Mm -hmm. who is just like a womanizer. I'm playing all sorts of like mm -hmm. terrible, terrible guys. Um, so no, I would, I would not necessarily mind. It's not something I'm unfamiliar with, I suppose. Right. And, and that, um, sort of brings me to, a nice lead in to what we're talking about, or at least in my opinion, because you are tasked as an actor to identify with people who are not like you. And I think that we also are as consumers of art called to the stage and to the theater and to an art gallery or to a music hall, wherever the art is happening, however it's happening, to appreciate things that are us and also 
aren't us. So before we start talking a little more about Brooklyn College, uh, what does that, what does it mean to you to invest in stories, people, art that does not represent who you are? That is, um, that is a great question and a great conversation that I think a lot of people in our industry are having. And I think first to address the question, one of the the best ways I think to articulate this, my wife is a an educator. She's a fifth grade teacher. Um, and she describes this, this idea in her classroom, um, specifically with like building libraries and lessons, that there are things that are windows and there are things that are mirrors, right? Some books can be mirrors, which will show stuff back on ourselves that, that we identify with and like see ourselves in, right? So like that could be literature, art, whatever. Um, I mean, me being a white, straight male, there's a lot of, of stuff out there that is a mirror to me. There's a lot that I see that like I, I can personally see myself in. And then there's this idea of um, window, which is like a look into um, another person's perspective, another person's life that may or may not fully resonate with you, but it allows us to like view and see um, another perspective. And generally, I find with art um, and with characters, like there's always something about us that that we can connect to because these people, regardless of how they are written, in somewhere in the world they exist and they have a voice. And whether or not we like that voice or not, um, they exist and and they deserve to to be heard. And whether or not like we're conscious of of who what voices we uplift um that is a very important conversation but as far as like an actor taking on a role um i don't feel fundamentally believe i believe that it is not our job as actors to judge our characters or try to make them a representation um of our current morality they are written in a time they are written in a perspective and if we have an artistic interpretation that's one thing but trying to fix them or make them better or more palatable is not what our art is about. A large part of our art, I think, is is intended to make people feel something and to be potentially uncomfortable. Um, and I think if we can't acknowledge that these people exist or these voices exist, um, then I don't think that we can like interact and and learn from and grow from from these stories. Thank you so much. I First of all, I want to fully affirm what you were saying and let you know that I was engaged. My mother is on the phone with her sister. Uh, I am uh, helping her with a few things around her house today, and they they are what I call passionate speakers. It's not that they're like angry at each other, um, you know, but there's a they they feel called to be very loud to each other over the phone. He did what? You know what I mean? You know, so that's kind of what was going down. And uh, and then it was riling up the dog. So anyway, bringing it back, uh, I first of all want to just let you know that we weren't even, we were really talking about this prior to uh, our recording. Q to Q is, yes, it's about sharing and uplifting queer voices around the world, but it's also about lifting up the subculture and the people also who want to celebrate queer culture, subculture, um, you know, people who have kink expression or are from a community that, you know, practices a certain amount of magic or, you know, identify as a certain coven or, you know, there's, there's so many people that found our festival that express in so many unique ways beyond just being, you know, I identify as this gender or I identify as this sexuality. I think it goes so much deeper than that. And what I what I felt when you were talking was that it's really just about embracing and accepting truth, the truth of somebody else. And when you bring truth to the table to not go, ah, oh, that's not that's not me. Actually, the journey is maybe some of that is me or maybe I didn't realize some of that is me and that we actually aren't supposed to all be the same in order to connect. Mm -hmm. And I, I have to say that there are so many allied voices that are making queer to queer happen. My marketing 
manager, you know, my, my producer and partner, my, both of my producing partners on this, you know, all allies that are dedicated to making queer stories a reality. So I, and then I absolutely promise we're going to get to what we're here to talk about. Um, I wanted to ask you a question that I, I've been curious about. And I, I love that you identify as a straight man in terms of reflecting on this question, because, and just know that this is, you know, a safe space and I am mm -hmm. in no way uh, putting you on the stand on trial uh, so that you'll be picked apart later. Um, how do you feel about playing different orientations or different sexual expressions um, and not just playing them? How about directing somebody? I don't know if you do any directing, but like people who direct actors who are playing an orientation they do not identify as or a sexuality they do not identify as. Yeah, that's a that is a really really good question, and I apologize if there's a fire truck They're just screaming by. Um, there's moms, there's dogs, there's, there's moms, fire trucks, there's fire trucks, trucks life, yeah, everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is that is a question I continually come back to for myself the idea of like what is what is playable and what is not playable, and I think we're having important conversations um, all the time about that. I. First off, I, I feel like sexuality, um, gender identity, a, a lot of this stuff is we like to make it very neat, but I think that it, it genuinely is a spectrum. I feel like um, I feel like that's a great way to describe it. And so I feel like for myself, I mean, I think it's all about like, if there is a prevalence of the community, then why why not try and find somebody like who finds that representation? But also at the same time, if if this person is a a a person who has a sexual identity and a racial identity and has a certain background, has come from a certain place, you know, like what is the line of how many of those boxes do I need to check? And also isn't my like part of my work as an actor, I think, is to be transformative and to to be able to approach. I mean, I think that what I'm learning and what I'm really prioritizing in my my studies is how do I take on roles? Because every character is going to have something that I personally have not dealt with or I personally don't come from. And how do we take those on with authenticity? Like, like a big a murderer, identity. Like I was suggesting like being, I have never killed anybody right. that ever we that we know of. Um but like how do how do how do, you know like that that's hard like i identify as neurodivergent because i i i was um diagnosed with adhd and i've started asking the questions like i have an autistic brother could i play somebody who is autistic right autism and adhd actually have like a lot of overlap overlap and they they actually affect some of the same parts of the brain and so like is that a playable character for me is a question that i come back to and i think that ultimately I have played characters of different um, sexualities. I've played people of, of not quite of like vastly different uh, ethnicities. Um, something that I didn't... spectrum because you yeah. said you, you're, like I know you a little bit. You're not an asshole, and you played full on assholes. Sounds like yeah, absolutely. And so like I just I think for me, it it it's just about approaching the work as sensitively and as authentically as we can. I mean, these elements of us are just one tiny part of ourselves. You know, our, um, yeah, like my neurodivergence is just a, a part of me. It is not, it is not my entire identity. Um, and so I think there's a lot to, to play with there. I have, I have directed, I mean, I, before I left to go to school, here I directed uh, the last days of Judas Iscariot by Stephen and Lee Gierges. And that is obviously a play that um, is very diverse in casting. Nothing is necessarily very specifically uh, specified as far as like casting or, or what characters will play, but it is, it is required that a cast is diverse. Um, and he's spoken on it saying that like, in his plays, even though a lot of the characters are maybe of uh, Hispanic descent, or specifically like Puerto Rican, if there are communities out in the U.S. that don't have that like population, 
he's expressed that that he understands that you're gonna just pull in the best actors possible to play the roles but like in new york specifically or, or other places where there is that um community and there is that representation why not why are we not casting people or why are they not being called into the room and that's what i think is is probably really important that's an amazing answer i think you fucking slayed i mostly (laughs) wanted to just have you answer the question so that anybody listening knows you can identify as straight and you can face that question and you can be respectful and knowledgeable and it's okay because ultimately it's not about people having the right answer it's just that we're we're treating it delicately and and like you said we're engaging with it in a in a mindful way and just being peaceful about it so yeah and i i think it's also about like being open to um i don't want to say feedback i just if i'm doing something inauthentically and i know that like every person's perspective and, and lived life experiences is vastly different but we have we have people who advise on shows with people with disabilities who are blind or deaf that like if actors, if an actor happens to not have that disability, that we are approaching that with um, the utmost care and, and dedication to getting it right. And like, I feel like as actors, there's a part of our integrity of like, this is what we've decided to do with the character, but also being open enough to getting feedback and hearing that, you know, this may be, this is a stereotype or this is something that is not like actually represented or this is misconception and recognizing that you can be like, you can hear that and you can take that. And it doesn't make you a bad person. Right. Um, and like, it's all about having empathy and and genuinely trying our best and being sensitive um, to the communities that we represent because their voices need to be told accurately. 100%. Yeah. It's, it's about doing our best and then hopefully People can address things peacefully, like you said, and we can receive things with peace. I've been doing a lot of work on just shame signaling and just feeling the need to criticize mistakes, even just mm-hmm. mostly of myself. But I think we're we're in a culture collectively, general, generally speaking, of course, gen- generalizations always leave room for error or adjustment, but we criticize and leave it at that. And I think sometimes we have more work to do when we criticize. Mm -hmm. Uh, And maybe we should, you know, think about what we're bringing to the table when we criticize and treat it as more of an addressing than a criticism anyway, Um, because none of us know exactly what we're doing. But thank you so much for taking the time to divert. And I want to pull us back and uh, let you know that um, we are actually doing this for not just because I wanted to talk to this amazing person, but we have a purpose. Um, tell us a little bit about Brooklyn College and uh, the acting showcase that's coming up and why it's so important. Yeah, Brooklyn College is is a unique college. It's part of the the either SUNY or CUNY, however you pronounce it, the City University of New York. It's a actually a um, it's a public college um and it is one of the largest um in the world i think probably one of the largest if not the largest in the uh, maybe the liberal arts um college in the united states uh and brooklyn college, let us know what yeah if, if i'm wrong please <laughs> please what, let me know whatever it's big um yeah and i think that our mfa program it is actually maybe the only like public mfa in this this area um, so it's it's an exceptional it's a it's a unique unique college it's beautiful um, we might throw some images or like whatever but the campus is actually like filmed a lot the clock tower the library is is filmed a lot um, it's got a lot of very old buildings that are that are gorgeous but the important part is that <laughs> where we're here and why I'm talking is that uh, the MFA actors have a a showcase at the end of our two year program so coming up this spring. And the showcase, yes, um, a lot of hard work goes into this, but the showcase is basically, um, how have we described it? It's kind of like a moving headshot or calling card um, for industry professionals. So we're talking about agents, managers, casting directors. Uh, it's I'm going to use that our, for my next, whatever showcase, I, I'm going to, it's a moving card. headshot. Call, it's a moving headshot. Just, you know, it's a moving headshot. Anyway, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
And that's yes. not me reading you. It's just, wow, what? That is such a theater term, man. There's something here. Oh, you're just like, that's theater. That is definitely copy that, that has been written and they have figured out the exact perfect way to describe what this is. But basically, we're, we're finishing up with our education. We are wanting to make an entrance um, into the professional world in one of the biggest theater markets in the world. Um, and this showcase allows us to get our names, our material out there. And so normally that's in the form of, especially now, um, a digital showcase, which we will shoot videos or scenes that are both like TV, film, and theatrical that will be displayed on the website for agents and managers and all of them to view. And then our showcase fund, like also like why we're pushing so hard is because we also would really love to have an in-person showcase there haven't obviously hasn't been one for several years because of covid yeah. um and it allows us to actually have rent out a space prepare scenes do theater the way that we like we love to do theater um and have agents come in and managers and casting directors invite them to come in and and see us and for us to say hi please take this pamphlet and uh, please to god hire us and <laughs> we don't we don't want to be broke or not working for the rest of our lives. Please like give us a chance. Yes. That's, that, it's such a that's, crucial, it feels like it's a, a precipice, you know, it's like, it is. Yeah. The copy says that it is, a, it is a springboard into the professional world, which is really what it is. I mean, there's so many ways to get into the industry, um, but this is an excellent way to really, to get people to, to view our work, to see us, to hopefully sign us or, or cast us in, in stuff. And so it's really, really important to us. But it also just seems, I mean, yes, there's the opportunity. There's the opportunity. opportunity. By the way, for the non-visual people, I'm pointing to my dad's poster that says opportunity because right now I'm in their home office. Um, not how I would decorate, but you know what? To each their own, I'm not reading my parents right now. It's not what we're here to do. I, I think that, you know, opportunity is one thing, but it's also just, you want to celebrate all this work. You, it, It's oh, yeah. an opportunity to create because the digital showcase, not to knock it down, that's a different kind of energy. You're creating something that is to live in that medium. But theater, as you know, preaching to the choir as a talented actor of the stage, it is created and there is no alternative. Not I'm literally running a film festival, love movies, but you don't get the same thing from an in-person showcase. There's a different vibe. And vibe, that's not, that's really um, transgressive even to say, I feel like it's a vibe. It's so much more complicated than that, but you cannot replicate the work that y'all are doing by just having the digital showcase. So it's kind of, I, I can understand if y'all didn't get this going, how it might also feel as though it's not a true representation of all that you've done. And it should mm -hmm. feel that way. It should feel like all of the, the Jenga blocks that you stacked. I don't know why I use Jenga as the analogy. I don't want all this to come crashing down, but whatever, the building blocks, building blocks yes. that you, the, the Legos that you- The Lincoln there. logs, whatever it is. The Legos, I, the Legos are meant to stay up, right? Until you take yeah. them out. Um, you, they, you put them all in place and I feel like not having the live showcase would be, okay, we're, we're gonna put this 50% of the- of Yeah. The, of the it, Lego thing over here, you're not going to see it. So it's it's hard because, look the the industry. We've had people talk in the industry and like casting directors, agents, whatever. They, I mean, they love digital showcases because they have so many. Like, if you're doing an in-person showcase, there's literally only so many that you can go to. You physically can't be in that many places once because we're not the only school that wants to do it. Um. But our, our concern, like my cohort's concern and, and why we really want to push for an in-person showcase and why we're trying to reach this goal is because with a digital showcase, like with anything else, we can you can skip. You can watch uh, somebody mm -hmm. for, for th 10 seconds and be like, mm -hmm. no, that's all I need to see. And like there is some certainty that you have or I guess we feel like some certain amount of control. And maybe I should speak for myself, not for everyone, but um that like when you're on stage, you have a connection to the audience and they are there and they are going to see you. They can't necessarily skip your performance. They could just walk out and leave, which they very well might. They, they're very busy. But it feels like we have a, a chance to really affect somebody by, by being live. And it, it only 
adds to our op- like our chances and our opportunities to be signed or, or cast or, or build these connections. And there is something that is so essential in theater about like being in person and feeling it. We all know when we go to the theater that it is not just like, it's not the same as like watching something on film. Um, and it's not to say that one is better than the other, like film or television. It's just, there is a buy-in. There is this ritual. We are right. coming here. We are making an agreement that like these people are going to talk and we are going to, to watch and take in what they, they offer us. And there's an exchange and there's beauty in that. And I don't think any of us at, at, in my cohort, like want to sacrifice the opportunity to share that um, with people. Yeah. It, the thing that came to mind is I feel like film is making a quilt. You're putting together all these patches and then there's the quilt. Certainly mm-hmm. the quilt can be amazing. It can keep you warm. You can love the way that it feels. It can have designs on it, colors that just blow your mind. But theater is somebody walking out with a quilt. You know, you're you're somebody is wearing this quilt and the quilt has motion to it and it's mm-hmm. taking air it's you know making somebody look bigger or smaller it's that it's again it isn't better than the other it's just absolutely a different motion of synergy so yeah. um yeah well 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 put what would raising enough money i know you said that it would mean that you could do this showcase but what form would the funds take so that you could like what yeah are the, in other words where is the money going there's a lot of cost that goes into this. First off, like um, the money will go into like largely into help building our website. So regardless of whether or not we we are able, like if we reach $10,000, which is our, our ultimate goal, which is a very big number, but we are actually like 70% of the way there, which is so phenomenal. Um, the end goal is that we get, we get to add on and tack on the, um, the in-person showcase, but the money goes towards like, we hire a cinematographer. We hire some really great industry, pro- industry professionals to shoot these scenes to, sh- to both like, so we will shoot both television um, type scenes and, and theater type scenes. Um, they'll be filmed. And the more we raise actually, the more, the more scenes that we can do, which gets to, to kind of showcase us even right. more gives us, um, more opportunities to be seen and like they're of higher quality. Um, and our website is, is going to be like a huge cost. It also goes into like making promotional materials and all, all of the stuff that goes into, I mean, we have, you know, we all know that, that movies are like multi-million dollar projects and certainly we're not shooting movies, but we are shooting fairly like high quality scenes and that stuff costs money. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 really necessary for us to to do like what we want to do um and mm-hmm. to do it well because i think anything worth doing is is do, worth doing like as, as best as we can um so the yeah. funds will go go towards that i i take the same approach with my podcast that's why i don't have a mic that's why my mom texted me absolutely in the you know as best as we can mm-hmm. as professional as we can um just great great product uh, on my end so you used to act in texas as Mm -hmm. i mentioned before transforming our pod once again into being a little more about you because you know i'm a curious fellow uh i'm a i'm a i'm a homo curious however you want to qualify me uh cisgendered man and i would love to know some differences between acting in New York and acting in Texas. I know that's probably an ocean as opposed to a lake, but feel free to dip your toe in and just give us a little bit of insight. Yeah, I I will very much look forward to the the sequel of this podcast when I had have spent a couple of years actually in the New York industry um because obviously like a school environment um is very different I guess from living out in the community and I'm excited to get out there. Also, um, you're going to be just fine in this industry because we're we're about, I would say, 75 percent done with this pod and you secured your sequel already. So, oh, awesome. You, yes. you just, <laughs> you're good at getting those uh, <laughs> securing that next job. So, yes. Um, yeah. And so, like, I genuinely like I'm I'm in school right from 
pretty much like 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. just doing classes pretty much every day, Monday through Thursday. And then if I have rehearsals, it goes to 11. So about like 8 to 11. There's no time to actually act outside. But to actually answer the question that you asked me, um, you know, it's it's definitely different. There's a, there's things that are the same and things that are different. I think that theater is very much like everyone has a connection or knows it here. You know, we have Broadway. We have all of this stuff here in New York. Um and so there's like this knowing, but in Texas, I feel like, and the people that I worked with, the phenomenal, phenomenal people, there's just, just a really, we talked earlier a little bit about the idea of like really wanting to be monetarily driven and art for like monetary sake. And that a lot of that is in New York, Texas, I feel like is slightly different, right? We have a lot of maybe like regional or like community theaters that just do it because they love it. You have so many people that are that are that work nine to fives and do this because they are passionate about it and they love telling stories and they love having fun and they are you know we're not, Texas isn't always have the biggest community as far as theater goes in the sense of like the like the actual demographic of Texas supporting this um but we have really strong communities that really support each other and show up for each other and people are are so diligent and resourceful in creating any way that they can. Yeah. Um, and it's just something that is so unique and fantastic. And I, and I am happy to see that, like, it seems like the industry is growing in Texas um, film and, and theater wise. Um, we're, and it's we're just working different. our own journey there, but yes, yes. Yep. we can, we can do it. And, and New York is, is is New York? You have off Broadway and off off Broadway and off 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 Broadway, and then you have Staten Island. Um, Back off Broadway, you know. Uh, that's off. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just different, and you know, some part of it's still the same. You still have the idea that like people here know about theater, but they're also still like, okay, so that's your hobby. Like, what is your actual job job? And that's same as Texas sometimes. Of like, oh, okay, you like doing that, but what's 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 your what the real what's the real thing that you're doing? That's which, the same. Which I want people to walk away from this podcast understanding is that the things that you like come from people who also need food on their table. So the more mm -hmm. you want beautiful art that is of its location or really of a culture, of an expression, as a person who is uh, very, very low on funds for his film festival, please support the artists i think that with the world being in such shit in so many ways i think we forget that it is it is essential also not instead of also to make sure that we enable expression in any mm -hmm. way that we can and money unfortunately is one of the ways that we can do it that's why you and I are here today. And it's not a cold, I want to grab all this money so that I can, you know, Scrooge McDuck my way into an early grave. It's, I want to be enabled. I was telling this to one of my clients the other day. I have, I have some freelance clients that I do uh, technical writing for. And I was saying, you can ask for what you feel like you need to ask for. Cause he was on the cusp of going, maybe this is a free thing or Maybe, maybe this doesn't have to be behind Patreon. And I had to kind of talk him through that decision a bit and go, well, listen, you don't have X, Y, Z amount of time just to do this. In order yeah. to give your fans what you need, you have to be able to pull back on some of these other things that you're doing to make money so that it facilitates your work. And there's nothing knocking people that do that. I'm a nine to fiver. I'm a a employee at a tutoring facility and happy to use extra time for work when I can. Like I am currently in a Christmas show singing Christmas carols for 90 minutes. There's a few other things, but that's kind of a big summation of, I think a lot of what we're talking about is even a Christmas show, which is the most general audience you can be in Texas, still has to 
make a note at the beginning of their show, by the way, if you want to donate, go see the box office. We have this and this, and we have this goal, and we wanted a spotlight for the show, but we couldn't bring it to you. And and it does matter. So we don't often talk about this, I think, because it's much more fun to talk about the artistry, but the funding is a crucial element. And so thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, I also think it's important to note that, like, sometimes I think our industry like really likes to to try to pin down or, or say like what is art and what isn't but yeah. if, if if you like doing theater you're an artist if i mean if you have a like nine to five job and you like doing theater you're an artist if you like to dance yes. after work yes. you're an artist if you like to make food you're an artist if you like to to paint anything you're an artist like honestly I, I don't want to be exclusive with the term and I don't want people to think that it is not a term that is applicable to them in their lives because right. all of us in some shape or another are, are artists. Honestly, mm -hmm. sports, sports is art, H how you can hit a ball that far or move your body in that way is, is ar artistic and like the science behind creating stuff and making stuff is Construction is is art. All of this stuff is art. Everyone can identify with being an artist. And the only thing that we can do, like that Wingy was doing, is supporting one another, is supporting yes. a fellow artist, is saying that like what you're doing, whether or not I think that it is fantastic, or even if I don't think it's fantastic, is is worthy and of value and and we want to support each other in art. And if that's it doesn't always have to be monetary, right? Like just validating or sure. seeing somebody's or appreciating someone's art is 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 enough but also money please give it to us we, like <laughs> right we need we, we need it i say Validate that us, yes but also please write that check i, I can't eat validation but mm -hmm. but if that's if that's all that you can give genuinely then i will take it happily yeah. well i was so for me, when I was like, when I was talking about that client, I think it's about enabling people to do more art or maybe lean into their truth a little more because mm -hmm. part of what I think he felt is I can't really ask for this, but we do have a right to go, wait a minute. I have a certain amount of needs that aren't being met, or I have this level of comfort that's really kind of distilled. And I understand that we have to work very hard. And you're an example of, of somebody who is, you know, really, really in the grind because you just described your day. There's no free time. You've described a full day. It's wake up, do your acting thing, go home and sleep or like go home and work on what you're doing the next day. So I guess what I'm saying is if that's the life of someone who wants to make acting their thing it's hard to do that when you're not making money elsewhere in other words we have to allow more than we are the people who are our creators to live those lives and mm -hmm. to have that experience and this is one small way this being listening to this podcast and then supporting jake and all his peers at this college this is one small way and i think it's about those small ways if everybody did that small thing and i know this is getting very very after school special the more i talk but if if everybody gave just a little bit here and there to these smaller venues then i don't think they would be as neglected or they wouldn't feel as neglected it would be yeah. just the extra push in the right direction so yeah that's a uh, I... Yeah. Not to swallow, but it's important. I mean, it's the the thing of what uh, high tide raises all boats. I mean, the more that you invest in artists or anybody in your community, the more the, like that will come back to you, right? right? You you will have a more vibrant community. You will have a happier community. You will have people creating beautiful works of art in in multitudes of mediums. You know, yeah. and and. And you, that won't happen unless we decide to, to support one another. Yeah. And my, my partner came from a lot of poverty and he has since gotten a better job and is kind of taking care of, we call, I don't know if I mentioned this on the pod, why would I? But we call them Goombas because we there's Super Mario 3D World 
Mm. You can, there's a, there's a particular enemy where it's a stack of Goombas and you have to get to the top Goomba first before you can, you know, destroy the bottom Goomba and ultimately win the battle. If it's a battle, we can call it that. But, you know, you, it's hard if you don't have any dental or health care or your car is oh, God, yeah. up or you can't really uh, move that well because you really need your back looked at because, you know, life beats you down. Like there's just a Goomba upon a Goomba. And I don't think a lot of people even see that final Goomba of this is really what I want to do. Like this is my whatever you all of the stuff you were just talking about whether it's everything from I'm in Hamlet to I'm a construction worker building this thing. A lot of people, I don't think even get there until somebody helps them get there and, mm -hmm. or, or the society around them kind of facilitates their ability to go there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just really important that we, we see where people aren't seeing that other Goomba, that deeper Goomba, because they're too stuck in these other things that are just bogging them the fuck down. And one of my friends is working in Atlanta and she's, I mean, I wouldn't say she's on the, what is, it sounds kind of gross to say lower tier, but I'm going to try to say it in a way that, that respects her because I have a lot of respect for her and what she does let's say she's lower on the call sheet in terms of the crew. Like she's the COVID officer, very important job, but mm -hmm. in terms of being replaced and who the director's talking to often, like that's, it's not really that position. So what I'm saying is the hours you were describing as you're working on your craft are her hours too. So even people who make it, it's still, a question of, am I able to meet all my needs to show up to this, to set? Because I'm mm. telling you, I've, I've talked to her a lot. She's one of my best friends. It's a struggle, even though she loves oh, yeah. what she does and she's grateful for it, you know? Yeah, we, I mean, we, it, that's the conversation too, of like just redefining what, what is it to make it right. um, in the industry. And like, I, I think that people have a perception and a certain, certainly a largely in society when we see somebody on on like a tv show or whatever we just assume that they are like have making millions of dollars or something or if they're in a movie they're making a ton of money and that's like just not a reality for 90 percent, 95 99 percent of actors out there right. right there's plenty of people who make it and like also the fact that like if you have a nine to five job if you have other skills that you love doing if that's technical writing like you're talking about or if you like doing accounting or if you like doing any stuff and like you're going out and you're being an artist like you're still made it as an artist if you're still going out and like you're working you're you're you've made it and and i think we put so much pressure on ourselves to to label that as as making it but ultimately what you're saying is like yeah you we need we need to have people support us and we need to to feel like we have a a safety net for these artists so that like we can continue to do what, what we'd love to do. And I love what we've sort of landed on when from the beginning of the podcast, we were talking about what orientations do you play or up to now when you're saying, you know, this, this is something about, it's something in the definition of making it. I think that we are working too hard sometimes to define what we should be. You know, mm -hmm. or we lean into the the should of our craft. This is what an actor is. This is what an actor playing this role is. This is what an artist is. You, we talked for like five minutes about what an artist is. And I think that we shouldn't is all over ourselves. You know? Yeah. Like we, we should release the expectations that we have and make it in our own way as much as we can. Because we cannot always live up to the expectations that we set for ourselves. And I know some people can't help it, you know, in terms of setting high expectations or dreaming big. I'm not even saying those are threats or bad. I'm saying rest in the now as opposed to suffering for the future because the now is what we have and we don't know what our future is going to bring career-wise or relationship-wise and everything in between. Yeah, I think that there is this, oh gosh, um... I'm going to articulate this very well. 
there has definitely been this hustle culture for a very long time, especially in the arts. Um, and I, I think that in a large part, people are starting to move out of that and kind of recognizing that burning yourself out and like worshiping at the altar of productivity may not be the best way to live um, their life. And it's not to say that that doesn't work for some people, but I think that we are, are, are starting to see that um, part of being responsible and caring for yourself is recognizing that you, you only have so much to give and that like as an artist you don't have to give absolutely everything of yourself every day to be a true artist like you can show up and do your do your job earnestly mm -hmm. and go home and spend time with your family and the people that you love or doing things that you love and it doesn't have doesn't have to be your whole life it doesn't have to be your whole identity mm -hmm. um and it, nor should it be you know, we are like, just like I was talking about that, that like characters and stuff for so many people, like we are so much in our lives. We are our friends and sons and daughters and um, our children or, or our parents, you know, we're like, we are so many things in life and, and uh, being an artist is just one of them. And we have to be able to make time for all of those things that are important. Nothing should be our, our whole world. We should have a beautiful solar system of different planets of things that we, that we love um, and spend time in. And I hope I can get there. I, I do work really hard to find that balance right now. That is not happening. I am doing it all day long. Um, and I want to be more home, like home more, but um, I, I hope we can all find that. I hope that you find that. Hey, I, I need your wishes of wellness. Thank you. Yeah. I hope through that too. But yeah, I mean, it's, and everyone plays a role, right? I think that, you know, for example, the stage, the stage that you're on now, eventually those characters will leave you unless you continue to play them in subsequent productions. I don't know, but mm -hmm. for this energy, for this showcase energy, they will eventually depart, but you carry what you were on stage, not in character or story, hopefully not, but, um, you carry this your presence off of the stage and hopefully when you come home to your wife or to yourself you know mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is is that it's not curtain now wait to the next curtain or do everything for next curtain in other words i think we should all kind of view our lives as setting the stage of every day instead of setting the stage of this is this is when I go up seven o'clock on Friday and my whole week seven o'clock because that's not how a human functions. No. And I think if more people were aware that actually you are being an actor by being your with your wife at home and not being an actor, you're mm -hmm. you are facilitating everything that's going to be on that stage by actually just shutting the fuck up about your work whenever you want to. Obviously yeah. it's fine to talk about your work. <laughs> like, in yes. other words, not just running your lines with your wife, you know, you do other things. Um, mm -hmm. And that is helping you play those parts. Yeah. And I hope that more people, it, you seem very wise, much more than your years. And so I think you're going to be just fine. And that's why I thought you were a perfect person to talk about this. And, I, um, appreciate, I appreciate that immensely. Yeah, like, ultimately, I will go back to education as well. Because, like, my wife's work. Shout out to your wife, educated. educators. Yes, but there's this idea of homework that is, like, really starting to change in the education. Well, like, it's not probably, but the idea that homework actually has little to know supporting evidence that like sending them homework with your kids, like outside of just this work they did not complete in class has no actual effect, like positive effect. The only class may be for math because it's repetition, but what is successful and what is helpful for, for children mm -hmm. is spending time with their family is like having, having like good meals is getting a good night's sleep. And that's the same thing for our work. Like I, my job is hopefully to play like, to portray the authentic humanity of a person mm -hmm. on stage in the moment, be fully present. And 
I can't do that if I'm like, if I'm not investing in the things that are human in my life. If I'm not a, a good husband, how can I play a good husband on stage? I mean, I don't necessarily like want to be a bad husband to play a bad husband, but my point remains of like, t- like partaking in the positive things of our life deeply and richly and like learning from those things allows us to to portray these characters with with greater depth and knowing and humanity than if if we're solely concerned on like the character because ultimately there's a level to which you can separate the character from yourself um and the more experiences that we have the the richer our work is I feel like that is a wonderful lead into our wrap up because that's something that I really want people to take away. I think that's very important. I do want to know what some of your goals are. So you have this showcase, obviously that's the immediate goal, but Mm -hmm. there's a door outside of that. And regardless of what happens with this showcase, what are some of the knobs that you'd like to turn? I don't know if that's sexual i apologize <laughs> no no this is you want to take your craft i'm and gonna make... turn all of the knobs out there all those knobs. Um, all those knobs they're mine <laughs> um you know it i actually don't feel ashamed to be like i i would love to be on broadway one time oh yeah not, i don't i mean i honestly you know i can continue to take voice lessons and maybe i'll get into a musical but i would love to be in a in a straight um production that's not a, a production with all straight people that's just a straight why play. gotta be straight <laughs> why, why, why that play gotta be straight girl uh, you were doing so good i know it's doing so good um <laughs> why did i check myself with that i think that everyone i should assume that everyone knows what that means i'm not trying to condescend to anybody um that's hilarious but i would love to be on broadway i'm also really i'm taking a class in in um in camera acting and I'm falling in love with it. I, I feel like I've really judged myself in the past previously of a feeling that like my personality is too much for film. And like, that's just not true. Um, it's definitely a different skill, but I, I've been watching Sabrina, the teenage witch with my wife because I have such little time and the episodes are, are 20 minutes long. Um, and I love shows like, like that, that are like, recurring and they can just do wild stuff and like they're going on adventures i would love to be in part like in a show like that a recurring person or something i i hope to god i can get on law and order before i leave new york city i want to hear the dun dun i want to be a part of it but like i'm gonna be the straight guy that was killed by all the gays for saying it should be an all straight Yes, with all the knobs, just the bad the knobs. <laughs> the knob turner. That's the, the name knobs. of the episode. They've just taken they just beat me with a sack of doorknobs they've taken. Fuck, man. Um yeah, I would love to like I'm just I'm really open. Like oh, oh, we had a, a meeting with our with our business person who will be um we'll be working with next semester. And she's like, the industry is gonna tell you what your first job is gonna be. And like that's just the reality of it. Like, I would like to do this or this, and like the industry is going to tell me what my first job is yeah. um, outside of school. And I'm, I'm just, I'm falling headfirst into it. And well, I'm going to tell you because I'm going to write oh, it for you. Oh, so, thank God. Yeah. I've got it locked okay. down. <laughs> you got better. your podcast sequel. It's on screen roll or a script that hasn't been written by a yes. person who will have to secure funding for it. I know that's what every actor wants to we hear. We are starting a GoFundMe that. for the project of Jake's first job, and it's just going to be me, just my own That's GoFundMe. the title. Jake's will first just, job. I will just turn doorknobs for about 10 hours on film. You know, that... Be phenomenal. That, um... It just brings up this idea that I've had, because I can't believe I'm getting here. But I wanted to do a compilation of all close-up doorknobs, doorknob turns in video games and movies. And here is why. This is the most boring thing ever talked about on a podcast. Because I love Resident Evil. And one of the things is you zoom in when you go into a new room. There's a close-up of not necessarily right on the doorknob, but it goes in on the door. And then the doorknob turns and it opens. And I just want, like, I don't know if it's a musical or if it's some cerebral expressionist thing, but every single, or like Luigi's hand turning the knob and Luigi's mansion, I want all of them together. It probably already exists. 
And I say that I'm never going to do it because that's a way too meticulous thing. And I don't really care about it. But the point is, is that I've arrived here. You just said it. Mm-hmm. I organically thought that this should exist before we talked. And now I have to end that thread because we cannot continue to talk about doorknobs. But um, before I let you go, I wanted to know if, there, if there's one thing that you could tell people, actually, it's not always the case about actors or young actors or the industry, something that you think is a, is possibly a misconception. Also, if you have a couple of these, that's fine. But we're trying to help people be less, um, less, what is the word? Um, less afraid. I guess I was afraid of the word afraid of embracing the industry because of a misconception. So that's what this is about. Yeah, there's a oh god, we could do our own podcast just on this. Um, there's maybe, a lot maybe. that I would love to say. I've learned a lot, and I guess maybe I can speak from the act, like perspectives of being an actor. Um, mm-hmm. first off, there's like no right or necessarily wrong way to do this, and like you can approach this work really any way that you want. You can just make videos with your friends. You can do community theater. You can do professional theater. You can get your uh, equity card. You you can do it all. Um, I would just like to, I think one of the biggest things that I've stepped away from in my time is that like, unless someone explicitly tells you no, please don't add rules to yourself and tell yourself what you can and can't do. Don't go into an audition room thinking that you have to stand perfectly still and do this a certain way and you can't look at them or or you can't ask for what you need or you can't use the actual furniture or scenery of the room to be a part of your scene. Like, Be selfish in an audition room. Be selfish in your work and recognize that the work, the actual work, is auditioning and rehearsals and so little of it is actually performance. And if you can find meaningful lessons in creating and auditioning and you can go into an audition and not think that it is a like determiner of your value but rather going i'm going into this audition and after i'm going to think about what i think was successful and what i think i would like to grow in or what was interesting you're not going to experience the same burnout if as if you put so much emphasis on getting the role um and then the last thing i think i'd like to say is that like as far as auditioning goes please Please assume that everyone in that room believes that you are competent from the moment you walk in. Please assume that they think you are the most beautiful, wonderful, talented person and that they love every single thing about you. Because for the most part, that is true. And if you go into a room and you focus so much on trying to prove that you can do the work, you're going to leave them with no impression of who you actually are. It is so much more important for you to have a perspective, a creative perspective, an idea of what you want to do with the scene. Even if the interpretation is wildly different than they are, they are going to appreciate somebody who comes into the room with their own identity and their their own perspective than if someone trying to get it right. And I think that ties in, I swear it's not playing this, but I think that ties in so much to what you're saying is that like, it is about creating a community of voices. Not one voice is right. And the idea is that like, if you can please be brave and give people the opportunity to hear your voice and your perspective, you're offering them something that is incredible. And whether or not they decide to cast you or not, they are going to appreciate and remember that this person showed me who they are. And that that is a gift, a sincere, yeah. sincere gift. Yeah, like um, that little boy in... Jurassic Park. I think he had auditioned for was it E.T. something mm. before he was gonna try out for a Spielberg and then didn't get it. But he in his head was like, you know what? Something's gonna come along. I'm gonna keep you in mind. God, I hope that was a correct anecdote. Now I'm thinking I have the actor and director and movies wrong. No, I don't know. Name. Yes, that's the, don't doubt. I have to push forward. Oh and then if someone corrects me, I'm okay with it. Uh, 
Jake, thank you so much for being here today. It was a pleasure to chat with you. I've always wanted to get to know you more over the years because I think you're just such a talent and you also are just so sweet. You're you're just a genuine person that also is really fucking good at what they do. And that's that's so lovely to be around as a director, actor, writer, person. That's why you make me want to write for you. I've been wanting to do it for years because you deserve good work. And I'm sure all of your classmates deserve good work as well. So please, Jake, tell them where they can find you and then how they can support the MFA program. Yeah. So I, I need to update it and I will like, probably after this podcast, but if okay. you guys go to jakeblakeman.com, I have a website um, and I can actually go ahead and put um, some of the information about our, our showcase GoFundMe on there um, as well. If you guys want to get in touch with me, my, like my email and, and other contact stuff is and there. All that to me. I can put it in the episode description. That's fantastic. But yeah, so it's, you can find me, probably on social media. I just, I'm a boring social media person. I, I think I have Instagram and Facebook. And Not I don't true. Put... You were a fabulous Grinch. I am a fabulous. I fat. My LinkedIn has not been checked in years. Um, but... See, this is why we need to keep talking. Cause when I, when I think I'm, you know, falling down, you're like, no, nah, bro, get no. up. And the reverse. Believe in yourself. <laughs> Look, I did love your Grinch. You had the green. That was you, right? No, no, that was not. What? My... I know that's my best friend, um, Caitlin. She moved with us from Texas. Okay, look, you cannot tell any look. She, tall person. Yeah, had no idea. The makeup uh, was amazing. In the background, jumping. Oh my god! I need to rewatch this. This is like some you need to rewatch shit. It. Like what? Yes. What did I miss? You missed the whole <laughs> thing. I think. Too busy opening doors. Oh, so true. I interrupted you. Please, where even were you? I've derailed this. No, I think that's it. I think that's it. Uh, Yeah, check out my website. (laughs) Uh, Check out our our GoFundMe page. We actually have a little video of all of us that we made about it, which is really, really cute. Um, We all, they, our Matthew uh, wrote it um, with a bunch of other people and they did, so many people worked on that for my cohort. They're so fantastic. Um, Yes, so check us out on there and please just consider donating. It would be really, really helpful. Like we're just continuing to push to get there. I believe. I believe. I'm gonna, also, I'm going to put on my, my, Brooklyn, my Brooklyn College hat. I'm going to lift up my UNT. UNT. Which you also ah. attended. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah, I yeah, that's yeah, I went to 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 UNT, go mean green. Although we did um, not, I'm old, so you were not there. When I, I'm just kidding. people go to college at all different ages. I know. Yes. When, when did you graduate? Uh, I graduated. Oh God, when did I graduate? I always hate being asked this question. I forget the year. I think it was 2014. Okay. Oh, great. That's not bad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because um, I I went there in 2016, but like I was in at Tarrant County College for a few years before that so we would have been there similar time if i had gone but there. the the new union was not made while i was oh wow there just it was pitch? being constructed the entire time i was there and then was fully completed right around the time i graduated i bet you that gross chick-fil-a was just in the bottom of that just the the, the construction site it was still there the evil chicken the evil was, chicken was just yes. like it's a cave or something down there Mm-hmm. And you just hear. Um, well, thank you so much for joining me today. Obviously, we will do a sequel and I'll continue to yeah. chat with you about what your crew is doing. And, you know, Q to Q is happy to support y'all however we can. And oh. um, yeah, just let us know whenever you have work coming up. Please go visit Jake's uh, page. Please support the Brooklyn MFA Actor Showcase. Time is of the essence, so please do that now as opposed to later. And thank you again for joining us on the Queer to Queer cast. You can follow us on our Instagram. It's queer underscore to underscore queer. This is, well, this is coming out. We're recording right now, but uh, it will release uh, in the morning of Tuesday, whatever day is tomorrow, the 6th, I believe. And from then on, you have a few days to, you know, enjoy 
your family and all of the holiday festivities, you know, whatever you end up doing for December, do that. But then right after January hits, our festival is amidst. So please stay tuned for the online and in-person Queer to Queer Festival. Get your tickets now. Thank you again. Right now. And right, right now. Right now. Go out there and get them wherever they are. Or we will turn your knobs. Or we will turn, knobs will be turned. Knobs will be turned no matter what. Thank you again. And as always, stay true to yourself and embrace every opportunity. Dap it, 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 dap it